Want to help kids get their homework done? Well, an internet connection is a good start. But kids also need computers. And sometimes, the hardest thing about homework is finding a place to do it. So why not hook community centers up with Wi-Fi for kids like us and all the amazing things we're going to learn? Over the next 10 years, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach 50 million low-income Americans with the tools and resources they need to be ready for anything. I hope you're ready, because we are. This holiday, let Hy-Vee do all the cooking so you can spend more time with family. Order your pre-made holiday meals today. You'll find delicious meals that serve from 2 to 12 people, including succulent turkey, honey-glazed spiral ham, or prime rib. Holiday meal packs are ready to heat and serve and include your choice of sides and rolls. For dessert, choose from apple, pumpkin, banana cream, or French silk pie. Meals start at just $34.99. Reserve your holiday meals today at hy-vee.com. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire to demand diversity on the Diversity Dude Podcast. Hey, family, it's Tom Barnett with the Seminole Group. Hey, before we get kicked off tonight, because tonight is going to be the second part of Critical Race Theory, we always want to recognize diversity and pioneers that have, uh, that have helped us along the way. And so before we get kicked off again with part two, I wanted to recognize Bell Hooks. Uh, Bell Hooks uh, transitioned this week. Uh, Bell Hooks was a public intellectual, an activist, a critic, and a feminist author. So I really would invite people to, um, to uh, investigate her, go look at her work. But again, wanted to recognize uh, Bell Hooks. And, and secondly, just wanted to take the time uh, also to uh, recognize family members or friends who might have... Uh, Folks in the in the Kentucky era, area or in the Midwest uh, wanted to uh, let them know that they are very much in our thoughts and prayers as uh, we've had some some very uh, extreme weather there. So wanted to make sure again that those folks knew that uh, they're very much in our thoughts and prayers. All right. So with that being said, how about we uh, we get after it? Uh, this is the second part of critical race theory. And just to recap uh, the first part, the first part that we discussed was what critical race theory was. And what it wasn't uh, basically just looked at um, uh, the, the, the simple fact that legislation alone uh, from legal scholars perspective wasn't going to get us where we needed to be when it came to dealing with race and race relations in this country. And so what, what, what that forces us to have done is to revisit the role that race and racism has in our country and then the role that that plays in our overall history as a country. Uh, But this is muy importante, what I'm about to say. This is very important, what I'm about to say, is that when we look at critical race theory and those things that I just mentioned, it is not taught in elementary school. It is not taught in middle school. It is not taught in high school. It is not taught in college. It's taught in law school. And it's not even taught in all of law schools. All right. So I'll just say that again. It is not taught in schools. And so what has happened is I had mentioned in the last call that this is the latest boogeyman that's out there. It was presented in such a way that it became a wedge issue. And this wedge issue, people knew would be something that would really get people uptight to inflame these culture wars that we currently have. But I wanted to make sure that people really understood the processes behind what critical race theory is and what it isn't 
and to know that it is not taught in schools. It is only taught in law school. So as we transition to tonight in part two, I wanted to focus on if we asked ourselves the question of critical race theory, what it is and what it isn't, but then asking ourselves a question of how we can influence our ongoing inclusive history and the teaching of that, I wanted to really touch on curriculum as we see it today, who influenced it, why they influenced it, and why it's under attack today. And so that, that takes us to a group called the United, United Daughters of the Confederacy. So go back in time to uh, post the Civil War and post Reconstruction. You had a group of women that were socialites, which meant that they were very rich. And their role and what they wanted to basically do was raise money for monuments and statues of Civil War veterans and heroes. So the Robert E. Lees, the Stonewall Jacksons, the Jefferson Davises, you see those monuments and statues littered throughout the South. You can thank the United Daughters of the Confederacy for that. So not only did they influence those monuments and those monuments that are up in town squares all throughout the South, they also influenced the way that history and the curriculum that is taught, how that, how that was written into the books. How did they do that, you say? They basically took curriculum in such a way to say, hey, the Civil War was a lost cause. It was romanticized. It was war of the Northern aggression. It was fought over states' rights, but very little is said about slavery, the role that the South played in slavery and the economics that was on the backs of slaves. So as you can see, if you can rewrite history in such a way, sound familiar? If you can rewrite history in such a way to influence the way that you put your spin on it, it makes you look and it makes you look in such a way that you should be on top from a hierarchical standpoint. And so what these women did with the monuments, with the curriculum, that legacy stands today. So when you think about the South, when you think about as a kid growing up in Texas, the Dukes of Hazards, the General Lee, that Confederate flag. When you hear people talk about our culture and our way of life, you can thank the United Daughters of, of the Confederacy for that and the legacy that that's had. The last thing that I would mention about those statues is that, as I had mentioned, they raised the money to get those statues after the Civil War. Fast forward to the, to the 50s during the Jim Crow uh, days, those statues also played a role in being able to make not so subtle messages to blacks that were in the South is that, hey, we may have lost the war, but don't forget where you are. So not only do you have those statues, you've got that message of the loss caused in such a romanticized way that don't forget your place in this society. That was what those statues were there for also. And I will just end in this point on the statues is that that's a prime example of being able to to ask yourself the question of we live in two different americas you've got one group of people that see that as icons a way of life a culture versus others who see that as hey that's a threat that's a throwback that's demeaning to me 
that's you not looking at me as an equal. All right. And so if we look at what that assault does to us today, as we sit here right now, we've got eight states who have laws on the books. I'm going to say that again. Eight states that have laws on the books that make it against the law to talk about race in their history, in their history today. I'm going to say that again. Eight states. And so this one in particular really caught my attention. You had two soccer, soccer moms in Tennessee. And one of those uh, two soccer moms took it upon herself to basically take this case uh, to the school board and to the state legislature to say, hey, my child is traumatized when she learns about MLK and the civil rights movement, as well as Ruby Bridges, a kindergartner who was desegregating her kindergarten class. Why might you ask, is this person saying that their kid is traumatized? Well, in looking at this book that showed the civil rights movement, she said that white people were depicted in such a way that as they were unleashing fire hoses on children and protesters, and as they were seeking German shepherds on little kids and protesters, that it put them in a, in a, in a bad light and this traumatized her children. Again, this is a book that traumatized her children. My response to that is that it's very rich. And that is the epitome of privilege. That is the epitome of being tone deaf. And that is a hubris there that is very dangerous. Because I will just ask these questions to you as to what trauma is. Trauma to me is indigenous, our indigenous brothers and sisters who had their land taken from them, who had disease brought upon them that wiped out thousands of them and were reduced to, you know, from what we know as the United States to a couple of states in the middle of the country. Trauma to me is how generations upon generations have had to deal with that, knowing that this is their land. That's trauma to me. Trauma to me is creating a democracy while also having slavery. It's a bit of an oxymoron to me, as well as what trauma has done and did do to those slaves, those families that were torn apart. That's trauma. Trauma to me is after being a slave in the Constitution being writ written as a three-fifths of an individual. That's trauma. Trauma is I'm not even seen as a whole person, but three-fifths of, three of a person. Trauma to me is MLK being assassinated. A pastor leading civil rights for the rights of all in a nonviolent way. Trauma was what was done to his family. Trauma what was done to the black community. A life lost. Trauma to me is the bombing of the 16th Street Church in Birmingham, Alabama, where four black girls were killed at church and no one immediately held accountable for roughly 20 years. Trauma on life's unfulfilled, trauma to the parishioners, trauma to the parents, trauma to the black community. That's trauma. Trauma to me is Malcolm X being killed, Fred Hampton being killed, lives cut down too short, that were leaders of a black community, that were leaders of two respective black movements. That's trauma. And then lastly, trauma to me is not being able to, to utilize fully the gifts that God gave you if you played in the Negro Leagues. 
if your name was Cool Papa Bell and your name was Josh Gibson, but nobody, the historians don't know you, didn't recognize you, but they knew the names of Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and history shows that you were better than them. The trauma is being able to have to hide that talent or no one knowing that that talent existed. That's trauma to me. I use those examples in such a way to just, just really say the audacity of some to really try to pit a life lived and the experiences and the trauma that people have actually experienced to some pictures on, the, on a page that's truly trying to be inclusive of actually the truth, what happened and what our country has to do to do better. As I mentioned, that's the epitome of privilege that's the epitome of hubris, and we got to do better. That takes us back to something you're going to constantly hear me say, and that's more of to our allies, to those people that don't look like me. Is it being able to see and understand and call BS when you see situations like that? That has nothing to do with if you represent, you know, a Republican or a Democrat. This is a binary choice of what is right and what is wrong. This is believing a lie around an election. This is about voter suppression laws that are now on the books because of the belief of that lie. It's a belief that critical race theory is rewriting history and therefore it's on eight. It's on eight legislatures within our state that make that against the law. These are the things that we collectively have to do better on. And we are truly calling for our advocates and our allies to not only assist, but say something. You gotta say something. We're at a very much an inflection point in this country. And if I could use a metaphor from, a, from the sweet science, and for those who don't know what the sweet science is, that's boxing. We are very much in the championship rounds. The championship rounds are the last two rounds of a, of a prize fight where every blow counts a little more. That jab, that uppercut, it's needed. And it's needed now more than ever. And so my plea in being able to walk us through what critical race theory is, what it isn't, and then the, the differentiating the importance of how our history was made, especially in the South, how that curriculum was derived and why it needs to be revisited in such a way to tell the stories, to truly tell the stories of what happened to who, and let us, let us be the judge of what's traumatic. And so I, I hope that in talking and going through this, it paints a truer picture of what critical race theory is, what it's not, and how we need people involved to really tell the story. Call BS when we see it. Get active. And so I say this to say also is that I know that this might be what I'm doing air quotes. This might be hard conversation, but this is going to be a podcast and these are going to be conversations that, you know, it's not what you need to hear. Well, it's what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, I should say. And so these are the conversations that really need to be had to really allow us to move the needle. 
And so with that being said, I want to take us to um, our takeaways. But before going to our takeaways, I, I wanted to mention two other things. As much as I had mentioned Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, Jefferson Davis, and how those, those, those folks have been put on a pedestal, whether it be through curriculum or whether it be through monuments that are, again, littered throughout the South, I wanted to just take the time to throw out some names that because we all have a computer within our hand being our phones, they're not part of the takeaways, but they're names that you need to know names that it won't take you within five minutes to Google and find out about these folks because they're not in your books today. As Shirley Chisholm, Bayard Rustin, Diana Nash. I throw those names out in such a way that what too many times has to occur within the black community is thank God for Tom and Marion Barnett. My mother and father, I'm saying this tongue inserted firmly in cheek, made me go to the library, made me know who these people were, whether it be dinner conversation or whether it be going to an encyclopedia and looking these people up because it wasn't taught to me in Texas. But Moses Austin, Stephen F. Austin, you know, these people were part of the, the, the curriculum there in Texas. But I want people to know who Shirley Chisholm, Bayard Rustin and Diana Nash were. Uh, I'm also, as we as we end today's topic, I am really over the course of the last couple of weeks, I have had tremendous conversation as it relates to Brainwashed and the importance of that book. It's one of those things that's right there to me with, with Malcolm X as far as what needs to be fundamental reading. Um, so I, I, I encourage people over the holidays to continue to read that, whether it be on their own or through uh, book clubs but please uh, pick up Tom Burrell's book. It, it, it's great. And so I'll, I'll end it on this with the Tom's takeaways, which were the same as last week's, which is get involved. Be proactive in understanding what's going on in your community, whether that be in city council or whether they be in school board meetings, but get involved, be proactive in that. And you decide. I put you decide there from the standpoint of when we, when, when, when those soccer moms and when you see critical race theory being attacked in such a way from learning and learning what the civil rights movement was, learning who Ruby Bridges was and, and historical people like that, on top of the trauma that their their families had to go through and that they themselves had to go through, you make the decision. Don't let anyone else that's, that, you know, be an arbiter of, of, of what your truths are. So with that, I wanted to just make sure that uh, got that note out. And please, if you have any questions, uh, reach out to me, tom.barnett at seminalgroup.com. Let us help you in moving the needle with your businesses, whether you be a nonprofit or whether you be a, a, a city or a municipality. Allow us to come in and assist you when it comes to, um, to, to moving the needle when it comes to diversity. But I hope you all uh, got something out of this. And until next time, respect mom and dad and, and, and KL. You all have a good one. Take care. Tune in each week how to demand and implement diversity and inclusion at your job. To hear more, check out his previous shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Whatever your life story, you deserve access to comprehensive, affordable health insurance. But it can be hard to know where to start. 
That's why Minnesotans have Minsure. Minsure is where you can find health coverage for every Minnesota story, regardless of where you live or what your income is. Minsure is the only place where you can access savings to help lower the cost of your health coverage. And you can get free help in person or over the phone to enroll in a plan that fits your needs and your story. Visit Minsure.org today to get started. It never fails. Every fall, I fall into a funk. Daylight savings time used to have me singing the blues until I found some help at BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. It's an online resource that matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. Listen, ain't no shame in talking to somebody about how you feel. Your mom and your friends are great to talk to when you have problems. They're your go-to. But sometimes you need a professional. And that's where you need to call BetterHelp.com. Sometimes it's the only way to get your happy back. BetterHelp.com offers secure online counseling, either over the phone or via video. Now it's not a crisis line, but BetterHelp.com has counselors who'll help you with your anger, stress, depression, or anxiety. The good news is that they're more affordable than traditional in-person counseling sessions. But you know what? If your money is funny, don't worry. BetterHelp.com even offers financial aid. Let BetterHelp.com help you get your happy back. Log on today to BetterHelp.com. 